Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, beautiful humans. Welcome to episode 12 of Crevisation. Six months. Six fucking months. Sick. Thank you so much, everyone, for all of your support. I I honestly can't say it enough. It's mind-blowing. I didn't even know if I could do this. I didn't believe in myself. And I've fucking done it. And I'm so proud of myself. I'm so proud of all my girls who I've spoken to. I'm so proud of you guys. Thank you so much. Sincerely, it means the world to me. Now, there's no point in me rambling here. I've got no fantastic guests to introduce. It's just myself waffling away, answering your questions. So let's jump straight in. Thank you so much for listening. If you're on Acast, enjoy all the little cards that pop up. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please remember to leave me a little rate and review, five stars, if you may. This is episode 12 of Corovisation. When I was growing up, all my role models were met. I didn't see anyone I could relate to in the press, online, anywhere. Now, I'm surrounded with the most phenomenal women. They've each endured unique hardships and survived. More than survived they thrive. But still, women are not equal in the world, not represented in the media, not treated equally online, and still subjected to sexism in everyday life. Alternative women especially are more a hashtag than they are real humans. I want to change that. I want you to see the women I see. I want you to hear them. This is conversation. Hey friends, so, no guests this week, just uh, just little old me, sat in my room, waffling away, answering all your questions, thank you so much for everyone who tweeted me with your questions, thank you everyone else who's supported Crevisation over these last six months, it has been a ride, and it is going to go on, and it's going to get wilder, and it's going to get funner, and it's going to get bigger hopefully. So thank you everyone for interacting with me in any way about it, for sharing it, for liking any post related to it. Everything makes a difference. Honest to God, you make my dreams come true. Thank you. Let's dive straight in, shall we? Now I've sectioned these questions um, kind of into sections. Um, Just looking at my notepad now. 
they start off about the podcast. Then we'll dive into lots of questions about my career up until this point. And then I've got all the fun, random, kind of weird questions at the end. So let's have some fun. Let's begin. This one I think I've answered a lot, but I'm going to answer it again here because this is quite a nice way to collect all my thoughts about the podcast with all your questions kind of like prodding and probing me and making me actually think about it a bit more. So why did you start Crevisation? Well, as I say in my little intro, every single time I started Crevisation for all the people that didn't have a femme role model growing up or anyone really who wants to hear stories of inspiring women or anyone who just needs maybe a little bit of a laugh or a little bit of lift in their day. I honestly, I didn't really have a direction for it when I began. All I knew is that I wanted to share the formidable, badass women in my life when I when I started. That's all I wanted. I wanted you to hear their stories because I hear them and they blow my mind every fucking time. Even the small, smaller stories all the way up to the big, crazy, life-altering things. It really inspires me. And I, I think that sometimes just hearing something from another person that perhaps you're doubting yourself about and you're like, oh shit, they had that as well. I think it can really make a difference, even if it might not be particularly themed towards a a feminist issue that's in the world right now, even if it's something maybe just some chatter. For example, my episode with Bambi Blue was just chatter really around the performance world and some minor issues that occur in it, but nothing world-altering. And yeah, just kind of like lifts people's spirits. And then all the way up to my episode with Flick, where her whole childhood, her whole life was turned on its head when she made her choice to become a suicide girl. That's a big one. And that one, I think I got the best response from because people were really touched by it. And that's why I started Crevisation. Hmm. Do you think, oh, before I start, this question is from a wonderful suicide girl called Nehru. Really sweet girl. Absolute babe. Check her out. Here we go. Do you think you'll do an episode around curvy models slash body confidence. Well, I think that's a fucking great idea, Nehru. Would you like to come and do an episode with me about body confidence? I think you're a fucking advocate for it, girl. You are an inspiration. You're a badass lady. And I think you've got a lot to say on the issue. And I think you're a confident woman. And I think you'd be able to portray yourself really well. So I would love to do an episode about body confidence and curvy women. Yes, please. Let's, let's, let's organize that. Let's do it. Yes. Come on, girl. Okay, next question. How long until the rest of Pyrohex is interviewed? <gasps> mm, you know what? I always wanted to have all my girls from Pyrohex on this podcast. They've been my friends for a really long time and they all have really unique backgrounds. They all do like slightly different things. Um, we don't obviously just all perform in Pyrohex. I've had Savannah on. She was my second episode. She was a... Uh, Yeah, we're talking about the tattoo industry and modeling and just kind of like general things. Um, But obviously there are the other ladies in our group. Now, I'd love to get Shelly on to talk about veganism. I'm trying to persuade her at the moment, so you guys tell her. Um, And I'd love to get all the other girls on too. Obviously, I'd love to get Sununu on as well. But at the moment, I am keeping my podcast to just women. That's just a personal choice. Um, Yeah, but maybe. And definitely the rest of the girls in the future. They're coming, I promise you. Keep your ears open. Six months has gone by. That's a tiny period of time. It feels like a lot, but just you wait. It's going to get big. All right. So next question. Which episode 
has inspired you the most episode of my podcast I assume you mean (sighs) fuck me I honestly I couldn't tell you exactly which episode has inspired me the most every single one of them has like made me think about things in such a unique way I've gone into the episode obviously recording trying to think about things I want to ask them things I want to discuss um, and a lot of the time I actually write a list of questions and then I fucking throw the questions out the window because <laughs> it doesn't even matter um, because they just they're such interesting human beings and I just want to get into their brains and squish my fingers in between it and maybe not actually but you know theoretically you know what I mean so I just wanted to run through each episode and talk about what I really loved about them so listen up now my first episode was obviously a Q&A with myself That was my most nerve-wracking episode I ever did. I actually recorded the whole thing um, and then lost the file. So it's the second recording. I know this conversation is supposed to be a conversation. It's supposed to be candid. But that one was a second recording. But oh my God, I cannot tell you how much I was shaking during that episode. I was just so terrified to have only my voice to portray myself. Um, But fuck, it started all off. So I couldn't be prouder. I'm really fucking stoked on that episode. Uh, episode two, as I just mentioned, was my very good friend, Savannah Fox. She came over, took ages to set up the episode because I'm still not familiar with the tech and the programs. Um, <laughs> she tolerated me all really well. She was really, really um, supportive about the whole idea. We had a great long chat. It felt so natural. It really made me feel at ease because I was obviously very nervous. I'm very used to talking to audiences on stage. I'm very used to talking by myself in videos, but I've never particularly found it easy to talk to other people. Sometimes I trip over my words. Sometimes I just don't know what to say. Sometimes I just make a fucking fool of myself. Social anxiety is real, guys. (laughs) Even with your closest friends, especially when the microphone is turned on. So Savannah made me feel really at ease. We had a lovely chat. She told me some things that even I didn't know, and I've known this girl for fucking years. Um, And she was just a generally great person to start with because I think she really is an inspiring person in the community of alternative modelling and now tattooing as well, so... Yeah, episode two of Savannah, my heart goes out to her. I love her. Now, episode three with my very good friend, Lindsay Bell. She's a performer and she's also a mother, which I find super unique as I obviously don't have any children. Um, I don't really have any experience with run, like young children either. I don't have any family that have young children. I don't really know what goes into bringing up a child, especially when you're a suicide girl, which some people could see as a negative. Obviously, I don't see it that way. Um, I think it's good to be confident and do what you want and show that to your child. And it was so insightful to learn that her bringing up her little girl in the way that she is, she's turning out to be an amazing human being. She does all these hobbies. She's so confident in herself. She's talks like a real adult. Uh, it was so wonderful to see that you can bring up the next generation as a person who you are without surrendering any part of yourself and bring up a fucking awesome child it was so inspiring and I love her so much for that so much episode four was another episode by myself about Christmas this one was recorded because I love Christmas in the middle of November so that was a bit ridiculous (laughs) I think I've after my first episode I wanted to prove to myself that I could do an episode on my own without being super nervous, and I did it, and I, I really enjoyed that episode, you know, I kind of wanted to do a quite a light-hearted one, which I think it was, even though it did delve into some quite deep Christmassy subjects, feminist subjects, of course, but yeah, that was a super fun one, not much to say about it, but give it a listen if you've got like a 
our train journey or something. It's, I think it's quite funny. Maybe I just laugh at myself. Who knows? Fucking whatever. <laughs> now, episode five. This was with an amazing woman who I'd never met before, but we'd spoken briefly online. Her name is Hannah Hermione. She's from a band called Creeper. You might have heard of them. They're only the most awesome band in the world right now. She was incredible. She has her head screwed on. She's obviously an online advocate for women's rights in the music industry. She has some really interesting stories to tell about her experiences with people in venues, people in the music industry in general. Also some really great advice for people um, in the industry and what we can do to combat the sexism in the music industry, which is obviously had a big light shined on it at the time um, when it was recorded in December. Lots of bands were outed for quite sexist and possibly illegal things as well. We don't speculate on that, obviously, because we're not the fucking judge and jury here, but it does need to be talked about. And I think it's really important. And I think she was the perfect person to speak to because being in a band with all males, she probably sees it from both sides really well. So if you want to check that one out, Hannah Miney Creeper, episode five, probably one of my personal favorite episodes. She's just such a joy to talk to. And she was an actually a really sweet babe as well because um, <laughs> as I got into her dressing room, I opened up my laptop to be like, right, let's record. And then my laptop went updating. So my laptop sat there for the whole fucking time doing updates and we recorded it on her phone and she sent it to me because she's a babe. Thank you, Hannah. You saved my life. <laughs> Episode six, that was the podcast party. This was something that I wanted to trial with my business partner, Crimson, because realistically one day I would love to take this podcast on the road and record it live so I just wanted to see if it was actually possible and you know what it was fucking fun it was a short episode but it was really great to have all these people in person in front of me I think it added a really different dynamic to the episode it really yeah it made people have fun with it and made people be very genuine and I just got to talk to some wicked people and then get drunk with them afterwards what could go wrong really <laughs> Episode seven. Episode seven was a girl called Tony Storm. She is one of the best pro wrestlers in the world right now. She's fucking incredible. If you don't follow wrestling, this is still an interesting episode to listen to because she's obviously overcome some very unique issues, unique kind of, I guess, trials to become um, a wrestler as a girl she's had to train doubly as hard she's had to prove herself doubly as hard women's wrestling was only very recently in the last few years given the attention and time on television and online that it deserves and she really talks about that we talk about her history as well so if you're interested in getting into pro wrestling that's also a good one to listen to but I honestly had no idea I I watch wrestling I follow wrestling but there's so much to it it's such a multi-dimensional industry it's fucking interesting. I'm just trying to think of all the things we spoke about now. It was, it's a short and sweet episode again, but fucking loads crammed in there. And then loads of nice little anecdotes as well. She's a real sweetie, real sweetheart. And her voice, her accent, Aussie. Ah, oh, what a babe. Now, episode eight was a lovely lady called Hayley Kramer from a band called Pop Evil. Now, this is a band from America. They came over here to do some press. And um, I got to speak to Hayley about more kind of less that didn't really make sense did it more issues in the music industry that were less kind of current so we spoke more about how girls get more exposure how girls can get more exposure how females in bands need to come up more she was in an all-female band before and now she's in a band um with all guys very similar to Hannah Hermione um and she 
doesn't experience the sexism in the same way, which is obviously really interesting. Everybody experiences it in a different way. Everyone walks a different path. And Haley's insight was really interesting. And I think obviously being in the industry for a little longer, she's got a different viewpoint on how we can combat that. And I really liked her little summary at the end where we need to actually just fucking get off our screens and get outside and talk to people. And if you want something to happen, it's all great tweeting about it and posting about it. But we need to get out and talk to people. We need to get out and do things physically. We need to go on marches. We need to go out and change people's minds and relate to humanity as a human. I came away from that episode feeling really like empowered and like, yeah, I'm going to do something. So she's a really wicked girl to talk to. And she also brings up a lot of cool women in music that you probably haven't heard of and you should definitely check out. So music or not, listen to that one. Listen to them all, really. Now, here we go. This one is probably my episode that has been spoken about the most. Episode 9, Flick Renee. Wow. What an episode that was. <sighs> she is the most articulate and perfectly put together human. She expressed herself in such a clear, wonderful way. And she told me about things that I would never even have thought about. This is a world that I have never experienced, I never will experience, because she's a, from a Bangladeshi background, she's a suicide girl, she is a, a model, a mainstream model as well, she also DJs, she go-go dances at Disgrace With Us, um, and obviously as you can imagine, this lifestyle perhaps isn't um, compatible, so to her kind of family upbringing, or general family upbringing, Obviously, her family have accepted her now, which is such wonderful news. I'm so fucking happy for her. But I'm, I'm not even going to say any more. I don't want to spoil it. This, If you want to get an episode you don't know which one to start with, start with Flick Renee, episode nine. What an episode. What a girl. Now, episode number 10 was my good friend, Bambi Blue. You might recognize her from performing at Disgrace. She performs almost every time because she is... Phenomenal. She has the most amazing costume. She's also a costume designer. That's her half of her job. And she makes costumes for so many people in London, so many performers. If you want to get into the performance industry, fucking listen to this. If you want to even learn more, if you're in the industry already and you want to hear somebody share your trials and tribulations, listen to episode 10 with Bambi Blue. Even if you're not in it or you just want to know more about it, there's some really interesting things. We talk about some issues surrounding the drag community as well. She works quite closely with them, especially around the comments RuPaul made recently. <laughs> RuPaul. Um, but yeah, a really light-hearted episode. We sat there with some wine in her costume studio, surrounded by all these bizarre, <laughs> weird costumes and like mannequins and quite creepy stuff in a basement, drinking wine and eating cheese. Um, a pack of feta cheese. It wasn't that classy. <laughs> Yeah, I love that episode. I came away from that feeling really happy. So episode 10 with Bambi. Have a laugh. Listen to that one. And then my most recent episode, episode 11, with the fucking fantastic Session Moth Martina, also a pro wrestling girl. She is amazing. She's from Northern Ireland. Oh, no, she's not from Northern Ireland. So sorry. <gasps> Scrap that. She is from Ireland. And she has been wrestling for a long time, but she's only taken on this Session Moth Martina persona recently. Um, in response to her perceived pressures on her appearance, which I think is really, really, really interesting because obviously wrestling is an industry that you think it is quite based on your appearance, but perhaps not so much as my industry. I, I'd never thought about it in that way. Perhaps that's because I'm a girl. Uh, perhaps that's because I am quite a strong feminist girl. 
I would never judge anyone on their appearance. Um, but she has taken on this character, which is perhaps not, was not at all stereotypically female, um, in a way to get away from the pressure. She felt she had to be the skinniest, the, the, the most longest hair, the nicest nails, the best makeup, the biggest lips, the biggest tits. And now she's this character where she gets to wear her pajamas and run around with a bag of cans. And it's fucking hilarious. And she does it so fucking well. And some people have told her that doing so is setting women's wrestling back. But if you listen to that episode, you can find out why she thinks why she's not doing that. And I fucking agree with her. Very interesting. Very different to Tony Storm's episode, the other pro wrestling girl. Um, listen to that one. It's really inspiring as well if you ever feel like a bit down. She's she's really lovely girl. Really, really sweet. If you ever get a chance to see a wrestler as well, please go and see her. She is hilarious. Fucking good. And that pretty much sums up all my episodes so far. Wow. That took a lot longer than I thought, but every single episode just makes me so happy. I, I'm so lucky to be able to have spoken to all these girls. I really am. Like, it's incredible. Another, I guess another reason I started my podcast is because I am in a privileged position being, I am a female, obviously I suffer from sexism, but I'm also a white female from a middle class background. I have the privilege to be able to go all over the world and, and meet all these girls and be able to speak to everyone and if I have that platform and some other girls don't why would I not use it I have to use it how could I forgive myself if I didn't I have the money to be able to go around and speak to these women I have the freedom to be able to choose what I want to do in my life and I'm gonna do it that's why I fucking do it that is why all right that's all my questions about my podcast let's switch over to my background Career questions. <laughs> so let's start. What do you plan on doing after your modeling career? It's funny you should ask that, you know, because I've actually started to phase out modeling quite a bit now. I've been doing it for like seven or eight years now. And don't get me wrong, I've loved it. It's taken me to some amazing fucking places. Like, Jesus Christ, I want to be to half the places. Excuse me. <laughs> Half of the places without modeling. And I met some amazing people. But now I see this also amazing generation coming up behind me. And they are smashing it. Like loads of my friends as well. B-Ducks, Vaughn Suicide. Those two girls are killing it right now. And I'm so proud of them. And I want them to go far. And why should I occupy a space that could be better used or better deserved on someone else that's working hard. Yes, I know people want to shoot me, um, but if I'm not going to give it my 100% because I don't enjoy it, why would I occupy that space? It's just not fair. So I would much rather let these other girls come up, get the shoots they want to do, really enjoy them, put their all into them, then, uh, yeah, then do it. So I suppose this is what I'm going to be doing after my modeling career. I'm going to be talking about what I'm going to be doing after my modeling career. <laughs> but also, I am running my club night, Disgrace. That's a huge part of my life right now. Uh, my business partners, we spend so much time on it and we really hope it gets even more successful than it is. So yeah, my podcast, my club night, I will be doing a little bit more of my YouTube channel soon. Um, I think that's a great platform to reach people and speak to people about important things and also not so important things or things perhaps that just make you feel good, like dyeing my hair. That episode is coming out soon on my YouTube channel. Stay tuned. Um, next question. When can you start charging to shoot as a model? 
I mean, that's a really hard question, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, since I've been in the industry, it's developed quite vastly. I began just as the printed glamour industry was kind of declining. Um, Front Magazine went bust a few years after I started working for them. A lot of the other glamour magazines have gone bust now. Page 3 doesn't exist in the same way that it used to when I began. Um, so, obviously, those kind of jobs were the ones that would just pay you in a magazine, in, in a print kind of environment. However, now, as your portfolio is most likely going to be Instagram or your own website or some other form of social media, it's hard to judge when you become a level that you feel you can charge. I think um, a great ground rule to go by is it depends who the shoot is going to benefit most. If the photographer is shooting you for a publication and they're going to be benefiting from it, perhaps not financially, but perhaps from great exposure for them, um, more so them than you, then I think you should charge. If they're going to be benefiting financially, then you should absolutely charge. If you're both on a very similar working level and you work well together and you're both happy to sell prints and sign a release and both have equal rights to the images, I think that's a fair thing to do time for print for or time for photos. But yeah, use your discretion. I've seen a lot of girls um, going by their Instagram following, which of course is a valid way of doing things now. Obviously, exposure is a huge part of the industry. If someone's images are going to be shared on an Instagram with over 100,000 followers and then shared on Instagram with 10,000 followers, that is an equal. And that's fine to accept that that way. That is the way it is nowadays. You cannot shit on people for using their Instagrams to forward their career. You cannot shit on people for using their Instagrams as a portfolio. That's just the way it is. And if you think that is pompous or egotistical then you are behind the times mate I'll tell you yeah a little bit around there <laughs> next question which age or oh, which age sorry what age did you start modeling I actually had my very first photo shoot when I was 17 years old I went for um it was like a I don't know if it still exists it was like a beauty pageant but not in the same way they have in America it was like an online one where you voted on Facebook and I was quite fortunate that I always had like a big friendship circle and I could get people to vote for me, which was pretty ace. Perhaps not the best way to do it. Perhaps not the most um, healthy way to encourage girls to compete against each other, if healthy at all. Um, but yeah, I did a photo shoot and my mum bought me my first five pictures from these people and said, here you go, this is your early birthday present. And I was over the fucking moon. They were professionally retouched, professionally shot photos. And that was the basis of my portfolio. And that started my career. So yeah, 17 years old, and then obviously the second I hit 18, that was it. I got my kit off. I always knew it was something I wanted to do, and I love it. It's empowering for me. It doesn't have to be for everyone. I fucking love it. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Next question. What attracted you to this career? I suppose that's, that ties in with what I just said. It's something that's always, I felt, been a part of me. I've always been quite body confident, which obviously I'm grateful for. Um, I guess that comes from a place of privilege as well. Uh, my my body type at the time was always seen in the media. I had biggish, biggish, not big, biggish boobs. Um, I was always quite a slender build. I was petite as well. I've always I'm five foot two. I'm quite little. Um, so I guess when I began, as much it's not cool, um, I fit into the kind of standards of beauty that were expected from girls. Um, so I was always quite body confident. And I wanted to be more confident, I guess. I wanted to share that with the world. I really enjoyed shooting naked. I really enjoyed being naked. I walk around my house fucking naked all the time. Um, And there were some really cool companies as well. For example, Front Magazine. Um, They were a great company when I first started working for them. I loved them. Until they went bust, they were amazing. They had an amazing team. I had a great time working for them. They always had things that interested me in their magazine. I used to buy their magazine when I was like 16. So I guess just seeing all these girls, seeing how cool they were, seeing that you could be nerdy and have tattoos and also get your boobs out and get paid for it. Like, who doesn't love money? Not healthy, but you need it to live. So I suppose that was when I was younger, the thing that attracted me to the career. Obviously now I'm in it because I'm a firm believer in trying to get people to be more body confident and spread positivity and body positivity and just generally self-acceptance, etc. And I think by doing what I do, I can't do everything, but this is something I can do, so I'm going to do it. All right. Have there been any low points in my career that have made me want to quit? Um, you know what? I think I'm quite fortunate that I've never had a profoundly negative experience in the modeling industry. I've never had, I know it happens, um, anything really horrific. I've never been sexually assaulted. I've never been particularly conned out of any money. Um, I've never just, yeah. I mean, I've had, obviously, people being dicks, people being overstepping the mark and having to call shoots off. I've had that happen, but never once has it made me want to stop. In fact, I think perhaps it makes me want to do it more. Makes me more driven because you can't let people like that fucking get away with it. Like there's absolutely no chance. And I understand that if negative things happen to people, they may not be ready ever to speak out about it. But I felt I could, therefore I did. And it really kept me going. It really, the community around the industry really kept me going. They, they supported me. And yeah, so I've been very fortunate that nothing's ever knocked me like that far, which is really good. I'm very happy with that. I'm very pleased, very fortunate definitely do you find it difficult for people to see you as more than a model slash sg regarding my podcast i did think that would be a problem actually when i began i was worried that every time i'd post about it people would go ah just show me your tits because it has happened it does happen it will continue to happen people are small-minded people are cunts really so but you know what I've actually had a really positive reaction, more so than I thought, and more so from more females than I thought. I always, always wanted to have more female followers. 
Not because I just want to say, oh, I'm, I've got loads of female followers. I want them because I, I want to help them. I want, I love women and I love helping women and I want to help those women. And it really has, it really has been a surprising outcome. So yeah, it was a concern that people wouldn't take me seriously. Of that was that actually made me the most nervous. That's why I was shitting a fucking brick recording my first episode. Thought people would just tell me I'm a jabbering twat. And maybe I am, but maybe I'm doing something good. And it does seem that people seem to agree with me. So, yeah. It's real good. Really good. Very happy. All right. What would you have done if you had not become a model? Hmm... What would I have done? You know what? I think I... I wouldn't have had any fucking idea. (laughs) I have no qualifications beyond GCSEs. Um, I studied art, graphic design and history as my three chosen GCSEs. Um, I was forced to take French because my school was a language college and I sucked. Parlez vous anglais, I think. I'm really sorry. I'm I'm ignorantly British here. I can't speak other language. I'm very sorry. Um, yeah, I don't know what I would have done. I've always jumped between career choices. The first career I can remember I ever wanted to do was be a Formula One driver before realizing that women couldn't be a Formula One driver, which now makes me want to become a fucking Formula One driver, obviously. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I don't know. At one point I wanted to be in the police. That wouldn't have suited me at all. I have a serious problem with authority. Don't know what I was going on on that one. I wanted to be a graphic designer. I wanted to be a games developer. I was a big World of Warcraft fan as a teenager and I was desperate. I looked at their um, recruitment page every day, but obviously as a 16 year old who, I don't know what I was thinking. They would never have employed me. But yeah, I think all my careers I've always just kind of fell into. Like my, I became a makeup artist before I was a model, fell into that, fell into modeling, fell into performing. And I've been very grateful to just be able to take life as it comes, kind of the, meanders of my random choices and random opportunities that have come forwards to me so I have no fucking idea what I would have done I still don't really know what I'm doing but don't tell anyone everyone thinks I know what I'm doing I have no idea what I'm doing so I don't know what I would have done yeah meh (laughs) all right that's all for my uh modeling questions and background related questions there were some really good ones, you know. I've actually had a few Q&As in the past and I've had a lot of repeat questions, but these ones are actually quite unique. I'm, I'm very impressed with you guys. Thank you very much for your insightful questions. Let's go into some of the random ones now. All right, here we go. Why is your username Cats and Crows? Cats with a K, of course. My username is Cats and Crows because my modeling name is Rebecca Crow and my suicide girl name is Catherine Suicide, K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E, so Catherine with a K. Um, So when I first started, obviously, I was mostly a suicide girl. I didn't do much work outside of that. Um, And now, obviously, I've moved more into my own brand. Um, But yeah, that's why Cats and Crows. Hmm. This is an interesting one. I first scorned this question when I saw it. I was like, well, why should it fucking matter? But if I really think about it I think it's a good one to answer because it may give some other people insight into their world or what they're thinking etc so how does my boyfriend handle the popularity slash fame that my career comes with well my first reaction was well it shouldn't fucking matter but it does matter actually 
because obviously you have to think about your partner. My boyfriend um, also has quite a public career. He's a pro wrestler. So I'm very fortunate in the fact that he does understand the um, kind of duties that you're tied to. So you can't just be rude to people um, at, your sh- at your shows. You can't be rude to people anyway, really. Don't do that. Not nice. Be nice. You can't be rude to people at your shows. You have to give them time. You have to give... Oh, there's lots of things you have to do, basically, if you're a public figure. You have to conduct yourself in a certain way. Obviously, don't be fake, but you have to be responsible. You have to see that people look up to you as a role model. So he really understands that, which is obviously so helpful and so wonderful. Um, But I suppose it could be tricky for people, even if they started dating you after you've begun your career and progressed in your career and made it your career. It can be, I suppose it can be a struggle. And I suppose the best way to deal with it is communication. If something is bothering you or bothering your partner or perhaps they're doing something that they don't realize they're doing or just communication is key if people don't know about the problems then you have to speak about them um which is why I chose to answer this question I suppose so yeah if if it was to be a problem I would hope that he would come and speak to me about it and I would hope that we can have a conversation about it and I hope it would it would be obviously something that you have to work on over time because you can have a conversation about it but then that doesn't just finish it it's always going to be there it's always going to be a thing um that you might get torn away from him or kept away signing things or taken away with work or people comment creepy things on your photos. Oh, I wonder who that happens to. Just kidding. It does happen though, so don't do it. Um, but yeah, communication would be the only way that I would deal with that. So yeah, interesting question. Thank you for asking, even though it did score me initially. I think it's a good thing to speak about. And if anybody wants any advice on that, please drop me a comment. I think it's something that's really important to not throw your career down the pan or throw your relationship down the pan. I think it's something that can definitely be worked on. I think it's important to try. Um, But of course, you have to put your own happiness always number one. Remember that. Another one about my boyfriend. Come on, guys. How did you and Jimmy meet? Um, My boyfriend and I met because I followed him on Twitter he shot me a message. He slid very smoothly into my DMs. Um, and yeah, we were mates for a long time. Um, he's just a wicked person to be around. We were best friends for a long time. Drinking buddies and then best friends. Um, and then we got together because he's a fantastic human being. That is how it happens. Smooth. Smooth motherfucker. <laughs> uh, ooh, this is a question that makes me nervous. When... Can we hear you sing? <gasps> never! Literally never! No, I'm joking. I actually do have a plan this year to perhaps, if I feel it's right or feel confident enough, to have a little sing and post it online. I'm not going to tell you any more details because talking about it now is just making me sweat and, and perspire and... If there's two different things, they're not, I know, but it's making me very nervous and making me feel like I want to throw up and poo my pants at the same time. So don't ask me about it. But if you're lucky, you might just hear it. Mm, Next question. Who did you look up to when you were growing up? Good question. Obviously addressed in the beginning of my 
podcast and every podcast um, that I do in my little intro, I always looked up to musicians. I guess they were the only ones I felt I could relate to on an emotional level as a teenager, as a fucking emo teenager. But obviously I was because being a teenager is a tough thing. Like, it's tough times. So I obviously listened to the music and therefore looked up to the artists. My Chemical Romance are and still forever will be my fucking favorite band. So I suppose um, I looked up to them most when I was growing up um, because they had problems. They were human beings. That sort of thing. And then I suppose the first female I really looked up to would be uh, Kat Von D. Obviously, she's probably one of the most famous tattooed people. Um, I think I just wasn't exposed to anyone else, really. She is fucking wicked. She's an entrepreneur. She's carved out an amazing life for herself. And she seems to be a very caring individual, too. I've never met her. But, um, yeah, she was definitely one of the first people I looked up to as well. Hmm, next question. What are my hobbies outside of shows? Ah, good question. I think up until about a year ago, I would have just said drinking. Um, And then I had a bit of an epiphany last year that that A, isn't good for me, and B, doesn't make me a very interesting person. So I don't think that's very cool. So I've made it my mission to take up more hobbies, actually, this year. And I have. I've actually started going to yoga. I think yoga is fucking amazing. Whether you need it for the relaxation or you need it for your body or you just want to go because it's nice to be in a a group environment of people that feel the same way as you or just nice people, yoga is phenomenal and that's really made a big difference to my life recently. Yeah, Um, I do plan on taking up Ariel as well again at some point. I obviously um, had a plan to start doing Ariel way back in 2014. Um, and then this horrible thing happened to me where I was in a massive accident and it totally fucked up my life. So that never happened. But that is a plan. Ariel pushed me into it. Apart from that, I suppose I really like going and traveling and seeing old shit. I call it old shit as if I don't know, but I, I do. I'm a bit of a history buff. Um, I went to Rome recently and Athens and they're both, oh my God, the most interesting cities. So I just, yeah, I really like old stuff. And, uh, I like listening to other podcasts as well. I listen to a podcast called Spirits, which is two girls um, drinking spirits, funny enough, talking about spirits, the supernatural, etc. And it's really interesting. I like learning. I really do. I don't like being taught. As mentioned before, I have a problem with authority, but I like learning. So I guess I guess that's a hobby, right? Right? Yeah. Uh, what are my favorite movies and books? Hmm. I was never much of a movie person. I know that sounds like a strange thing to say. Um, I was, yeah, like I said, as a teenager, I was just obsessed, literally obsessed with World of Warcraft. So I didn't really watch TV or movies. Um, But I do love American Psycho, obviously, one of my favorite movies. Um, And I really love, this ties in with actually a question I was asked, my favorite Marvel movie, Wonder Woman. Like, what a fucking amazing fucking movie that was so inspiring just powerful landmark amazing wonder woman yes as for favorite books i actually really love there um was a very very recently came out a new philip pullman novel obviously his dark material his dark materials that's it right his dark materials trilogy um was a huge thing for me when i was a child It was a huge thing kind of in my generation 
and he's just brought out another book in the same universe um and that was fucking wicked it's called la belle sauvage sauvage i believe go and read it go and read it it's fucking wicked um apart from that my favorite author is actually a lady called trudy canavan i'll link you to her so if you're listening on Acast, you can click the card and find out who she is um she writes um fantasy novels um but most of the time they have a strong female lead which is obviously resounding with me uh yeah i don't really want to give any more away but trudy canavan is my favorite nov novelist that's a word isn't it god i'm all over the shop today um here's a question that could have an incredibly (coughs) excuse me an incredibly long answer but i'm going to keep it short and sweet advice for the younger generation younger generation don't accept everything that already is as the way it has to be if you see something wrong in the world you can do something about it you can change it be the change you want to see and if you see something wrong fucking call it out we gotta get better the planet's going to shit you're on the next generation i know we aren't very helpful up here and even above me they aren't fucking helpful at all so we gotta do something let's get on it Mmm, okay. Here's a question that could get pretty deep. What is my biggest dream and what is my biggest fear? My biggest dream is to be able to travel the world doing something that really satisfies me, something that I love. For example, this podcast, I feel like it really even in a small way sometimes and in a large way other times makes a difference. I would love to travel the world showing showing that to people. I would love to get to talk to more people, people that I can really make a difference with. I want to help people. I just want to help everyone. I want to, I, I love performing, obviously. I would love to travel if, and if that's the capacity that I can travel in to perform and then I can add on top the things that I really love, that would be fucking wicked too. At the moment, I've scaled back my traveling quite a lot. Um, Trying to start your own business is quite time consuming and quite expensive. So yeah, setting up disgrace is my priority right now as that is gonna be my bread and butter through life. Um, And also it means a lot to a lot more people than just me. I have a whole girl gang that needs that just as much as I need it. So that's very important to me right now. So yeah, I guess that's part of my dream too, to make sure that's successful and make sure my girls are looked after make sure they have everything they need from it because we haven't got a very big budget right now and they do it more for the love than anything and they are my fucking queens because of that so I want to be able to give them back everything they deserve that's my dream yeah and then my biggest fear is that I'm gonna sabotage myself I I'm not the most mentally sound person tell me somebody who fucking is um and yeah some days I just don't get out of bed and I know that some days that's okay but I know in my brain I could be doing so much more I could be doing better rather than feeling sorry for myself and feeling like I'm the only one it's quite egotistical really I think um obviously that's this is my opinion on my mental health this does not apply to anyone else everyone is totally unique but yeah I'm so scared that I'm going to sabotage myself and see myself as a failure and not even try so I've got to fucking I've got to try haven't I Easier said than done. Take my own advice. Sing it back to me, guys. Come on, I need it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, that was pretty fucking deep. So let's go back to a, a nice question. 
Oh shit, this might not be nice. This might turn into a real nasty fight. <clears throat> Do you prefer pizza or Mexican food? Who the fuck asked me this? Who the fuck was that? Why would you make me choose? Don't make me choose between pizza and Mexican food. I love them both. It's not fair. But if I was to choose one of them, I would probably choose Mexican food. Mexican food. Okay. Uh, yeah. Mexican food. It's got to be Mexican. There's so much variety and I love them both. Don't make me choose in future. Never ask me that again. That is not fair. Just kidding. It's fine. I love Mexican food. And I also love pizza. <gasps> Wait. What if you can like make a taco out of a pizza? Dave, if I can go. Taco pizza. Pizza taco. Pizza taco? Ta tisa? I don't fucking know. Somebody invent it and send it to me, yeah? Thank you. All right. My final question. Thank you so much for sticking with me here, guys. Final question is, nice and simple. Will you release more YouTube videos? Now, I'm going to tell you a little story here. My YouTube channel, um, either at the beginning of January or the end of December, was deleted because I guess I'm doing really well and people like to report things when you're doing really well. So sign of success. Um, so my YouTube channel was deleted. And yeah, I had to start again. It was a bit shit. Obviously, I'm very fortunate it was my YouTube and not my Instagram, which is a huge platform for me. So I had it deleted, but I also saw it as an opportunity to start afresh. So I've got lots of plans for videos. I've released obviously my one video on my YouTube, which is for International Women's Day. If you want to learn some facts about that or hear my opinions on it, go listen to that one. I will put a link to my new YouTube channel on Acast if you're listening on there, so check it out. But the short answer is yes, there will be more YouTube videos. My next one coming up, as I mentioned earlier, was about me dyeing my hair. I dyed my roots again. I do it every year now. It takes a long time. Um, so I made a video about it just so you can find out how I do it. Whether you care or not, check it out. Please leave me a little uh, rating, a little uh, comment on my YouTube videos. Everything helps. Thank you very much, guys. And uh, with that, that is me done. Wow. Six months of conversation, eh? It's actually really funny because my YouTube channel, oh no, my YouTube channel, so sorry. My Instagram is six years, six years old today. Um, and my Crovisation podcast is a little six month old. Can you imagine when Crovisation has been going for six years? Whoa. Can you, like, wow. Yes. So on that note, to the future, thank you so much for all of your support. Thank you so much for your continued ongoing support. Thank you so much for your feedback. Please keep it coming. I love to hear your opinions about my episodes. I want to hear about what you want to hear about. Tell me the guests you want on. Tell me the subjects you want covered. As Nehru asked me for this exact podcast about um, a body positivity, body positivity episode. Um, and now we got it. We got it coming up. Tell me these things. I got to know what you guys want to know about. Keep them coming. Tweet me. Comment on my Instagram. Send me a Facebook thing. I don't really use Facebook, actually. That's a joke. Don't do that. Who uses Facebook? But yeah, thank you so much, guys. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Cats and Crows. K-A-T-S-A-N-D-C-R-O-W-S. And yeah, all my new YouTube channel is... I don't know, just kidding. Uh, maybe just chuck Rebecca Crow into the search bar on YouTube and then you, you can find it. Um, 
Disgrace, my club night, which I've been talking about quite a lot this episode. You can find us um, on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Disgrace with Suicide Girls. We have an event coming up in London on Friday, Friday 13th. Pretty fucking metal. Um, We are an all-femme-run alternative club night. The only one I know of in the UK. Um, The only one I know of in the world, actually. If you know any other all femme run alternative club nights, please let me know about them. I would love to check them out. Um, but yeah, Disgrace, find us online. Come party with us. There's my girls doing performances. There's go-go dancing. There's competitions. There's moshing and always all the weird crazy shit and beer and all the fun stuff. You know, you definitely want to come. You know you do. Come on. And uh, yeah, if you're listening to this on Acast, thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed clicking all the little tabs that I've set up for you. Um, If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, pretty pretty please, could you leave me a five star review or any star you feel appropriate, but five stars, five stars, come on guys, five stars. Um, And then a actually written review would be very helpful as well. All this does is help expose people to my podcast more um, so more people can find it and we can get more awesome listeners. It's all in the grand plan of everything, grand scheme, yeah. All right. Thank you so much for listening to episode 12 of Crowversation. No guests this week, just myself, Rebecca Crow. Six months in, and here's to six months more. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.